This screed about your health is written by Dr. Joseph Mercola in the Huff and Puff. Aspartine is the most controversial food additive in history. Its approval for use in food was the most contested in FDA history. In the end, the artificial sweetener was approved not on scientific grounds, but rather because of strong political and financial pressure. Uh huh. Aspartine was previously listed by the Pentagon as a biochemical warfare agent. Sold commercially under names like NutraSweet, Candorel, and now AminoSweet, aspartame can be found in more than 6,000 foods, including soft drinks, chewing gum, tabletop sweeteners, diet and diabetic foods, breakfast cereals, jam, sweets, vitamins, prescription, and over-the-counter drugs. Aspartame producer Ajinamoto. Now, Ajinamoto is Japanese for monosodium glutamate, another dangerous chemical. They used, or still use, so much Ajinomoto in Japan that they named a huge corporation after it. And guess what? It also turns out aspartame. Yep. Well, they're going to rebrand it, though. These guys just just want to give it another name, another spin, under the name AminoSweet. To remind the industry, this is a quote, that aspartine tastes just like sugar and that it's made from amino acids, the building blocks of protein that are abundant in our diet. Yeah, but that's a terrible name for a product. Honey, can I have another amino sweet in my coffee? I just don't think that's going to fly. And you're not going to fly very far if you put a lot of that amino sweet in you. Ajinomoto's agenda is to make you believe that aspartame is somehow a harmless natural sweetener made with two amino acids that are essential for health and present in your diet already. Not. They want you to believe aspartame delivers all the benefits of sugar and none of its drawbacks, but nothing could be further from the truth. There have been more reports to the FDA for aspartame reactions than for all other food additives combined, over 10,000 official complaints in all. But by the FDA's own admission, less than 1% of those who experience your reaction to a product ever reported. So in all likelihood, the toxic effects of aspartame may be may have affected roughly a million people already. And you got to remember, too, that... Uh, doctors are not hip to this, so they may not be diagnosing uh, symptoms from aspartame. They may be, you know, giving it a whole nother name. While a variety of symptoms have been reported, almost two-thirds of them fall into the neurological and behavioral category, consisting mostly of headaches, mood alterations, and hallucinations. Honey, can I have some more of that amino sweet? Those little guys with the melty hats coming out of the wall are telling me to do it. One of the reasons for this side effect, researchers have discovered, is because the phenylalanine in aspartame disassociates from the ester bond. While these amino acids are indeed completely natural and safe, they were never designed to be ingested as isolated amino acids in massive quantities, which in and of itself will cause complications. You know, it's just do it, modern science, throw the white coats at it, we'll find out if it kills people later. Ajinamoto. That might be Japanese for just eat it. Additionally, this will also increase dopamine levels in your brain. This can lead to symptoms of depression because it distorts your serotonin-dopamine balance. It can also lead to migraine headaches and brain tumors through a similar mechanism. The aspartic acid in aspartame is a well-documented excitotoxin. Excitotoxins are usually amino acids such as glutamate and aspartate. These special amino acids cause particular brain cells to become excessively excited to the point that they die. Yeah, on the street, what I heard about aspartame, which I think also is taken from grapefruits, is that it causes brain fever. It heats up your brain. 
The problem is our excessive demand for the sweet taste. It's one of the root causes of the obesity crisis in America. Maybe we should declare a war on fat, a war on obesity, the way we declare a war on everything else that threatens our American dream lifestyle. But wait a minute. Sugar is the American dream. Hello, egg eaters. I'm Ollie, the California egg, and I'm guaranteed free by Arnold the Governor. Yep, me and my Humpty Dumpty bros popped out of a happy hen. That's right. Mom can stretch out her wings without touching another hen. Ooh, they hate that. Or the wires of the cage. And that's a setting. And a standing up. Which is hard to do if you're an egg. So, <laughs> ovophiles everywhere, free your inner chicken. Eat us. We're freedom eggs from the hens that laid the golden state. Now let's see if we can liberate Mama Sal. And baby calf. And Mr. Goose. Liver. This message not brought to you by the international cruelty to food industry. Well, here's a commentary by Jacob Weisberg, who's the chairman of the Slate Group on poor old Senator Dangfence. It comes out of Newsweek. Says Jacob, I've stopped reading news about John McCain for the same reason I tune out the daily updates on Afghanistan and the BP oil spill. It's too damn depressing. Well, into the 2008 primary season, McCain showed glimmers of his old gutsy independent spirit. But since losing to Barack Obama, however, he's turned to that kind of party hack he once lived to mess with. Ain't it true? It's hard to believe that this is the same guy who, a decade ago, was denouncing Jerry Falwell and Pat Robertson as agents of intolerance, who reduced Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell to a sputtering rage with his efforts to ban soft money, who opposed George W. Bush's tax cuts, and who stood up to Dick Cheney, of all people, right, stood, stood up to him on the whole issue of torture. That was our, that was our man, Mr. Straight Talk, John McCain. Well, when McCain told Newsweek earlier this year that he never considered himself a maverick, it sounded like another confession under duress with the Tea Party standing in for the Viet Cong. Running for president in 2008 was as bad for McCain as running in 2000 was good for him. Playing the rebel against the Republican establishment made him young again. Running as his party's standard bearer turned him into a grumpy old man. McCain looks to me, this is to Jacob Weisberg, like someone who bears an unacknowledged weight. And if I had to guess, I'd say the weight was his shame over his poorly executed presidential campaign and his awful choice of Sarah Palin as his running mate. (laughs) In the past, McCain has dealt with fractures in his sense of honor in extraordinary ways. This is true. When he succumbed to Vietnamese torture, and I probably would have myself, I surely don't blame him for signing whatever it was, and he signed that confession as a POW, he attempted suicide. He said, I felt it blemished my record permanently, and even today I find it hard to suppress feelings of remorse, he wrote in his first book. Well, don't be ashamed, John. You are under torture. Years after the Keating Five scandal, McCain wrote that the episode still provides a vague but real feeling that I had lost something very important, something that was sacrificed in the pursuit of gratifying ambitions. Mm-hmm. If, as I suspect McCain uh, relives his 2008 experience as a shame on the scale of these events, he can't simply apologize again. Acknowledging his mistake in picking Palin, someone he knows to have been utterly unable and unready to become leader of the free world, well, that would be politically suicidal. 
Toadying to the right wing of the party has left McCain angry and frustrated and is, to his old admirers, deeply disappointing. But as disappointed as some of us may be with the new John McCain, I expect he is even more disappointed with himself. When you can't stand the pace In the big rodent race Come on in where it's safe Where the menu is trained There's a smell in the air That reminds you of hair You've got something to get And it looks like your pain Too much time spent watching television and playing video games can double the risk of attention problems in children and young adults, according to a study recently published in the July issue of Pediatrics and reported in McNewspaper. The study is the latest of many to point out the ill effects of excessive screen time, whether at the computer or the television. Researcher Edward Swing, a graduate student at Iowa State University, compared participants who watched TV or played video games less than two hours a day. The recommendation from the American Academy of Pediatrics for children aged two or older to those who watched more and sometimes a lot more. Those who exceeded the AAP recommendation were about 1.6 times to 2.2 times more likely to have greater than average attention problems, he said. Attention problems in school, major. It affects not only the person who's suffering from it, but everybody around him. Swing and his colleagues um, assessed more than 1,300 children in the third, fourth, and fifth grades over a 13-month time period. The children were, were reporting their TV and video game use, and the parents were also reporting TV and video game use. The teachers were reporting the attention problems. Children had problems staying on task and paying attention. They interrupted other children's work and showed problems in other areas that reflected trouble with attention. So, how? Here's a question. How are we as parents or educators or just plain folks who don't want to live in an increasingly restive, dumbed-down country, how do we uh, take action against this scourge of mindless TV and Nintendo thumb candy? Hey, I'm not talking to you as if I'm not part of it. I've, I have definitely, you know, glazed out in in front of televisions in my life, and I've played a lot of video games. I know where it's at, but I wasn't in the fourth grade. It's pretty deeply set in our culture. Together, these video games and TV make a cheap all-day and all-night babysitter for parents who don't have the resources or the will to be real parents. Real parents, not the scripted cliches on the tube or the sprightly avatars on the game stream. It's all part of a much bigger challenge. How do we get America back to being real?